Podcasting from the Star Group, home of the iconic Dressable Lions. This is Beyond the Known, the podcast that takes you a step beyond what you know about business. I'm your host, Paul M. Newberger, president of the Star Group. On this episode of the Beyond the Known podcast, my guest today is the founder and CEO of Octavian Technology Group, Mr. Brad Zapecki. Brad, thanks for joining us here today. Thanks a lot, Paul. Glad to be here. Excited to chat. Absolutely. Wonderful to have you. And let's get right to business here. Now, Brad, I've known you for a while. And to say that you're an impressive human being would be a gross understatement. But for those individuals that don't know a lot about you or your organization, could you tell us a little bit more about your background and the journey that you went on to bring you here to this time and place? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think, you know, it all started from a business perspective. You know, obviously, I went to college at Oshkosh. Uh, here in Wisconsin, and six-year plan pretty seriously. Not the norm, taking six years, but that's what I did. And I had a MIS and marketing degree back at the time. Wasn't really excited necessarily about a career in computer science. I dabbled a little bit uh, throughout college, and I happened to get a job as a Fox Pro developer uh, at a company here in Milwaukee right out of college. And Spent a lot of time in consulting. That's kind of where I've been. A lot of different companies here in Southeast Wisconsin in a variety of different industries, technologies, etc. And ultimately decided to I fast forwarding to 2018, I kind of took a leap of faith in that it was time to give a shot at starting my own business, which I did in uh, February of 2019. So yeah, mostly uh, a lot of different clients, like I said, a, little, a lot of different projects and realized that that was what I was meant to be doing. So where would you say, Brad, your passion for technology comes from? Yeah, I think it comes really from the community. It might sound weird, but the city we live in, the, the state we live in, historically has been, I don't want to say necessarily behind, but behind comparatively to the coasts. We're very risk averse when it comes to innovating. And I just felt like over the years, if I could, whether it's create a technology group to meet and, and champion tech, uh, I just, and you can start to see now with the tech hub, the Milwaukee Tech Hub and all the great work that they're going to be doing. I think it's really the technology is the fuel, I think, to take Southeastern Wisconsin to the next level. And so that's really what it, where, it come, where the passion comes from is just what I believe it can do for us that live here and work here and our kids are growing up here. So that's really where it comes from. And then I, I'm sure I'll, I can talk to you about Code the Way as well when we get to that. Why do you think Milwaukee is behind the curve? Why do you think we're risk averse and why do you think we're slightly behind with respect to innovation? Yeah, it really is a tough question to answer. I think we're heavy into manufacturing and business owners in that in that vertical are used to the focus of their work is producing whatever they manufacture. And the technology, I think, just has historically just taken a backseat to what the actual work is. And I think once companies start to see that technology can be used as an innovative tool to compete better, to save money on certain expenses and efficiencies that you can gain by leveraging tech the appropriate way, I think that's really where the growth can be for businesses. And to be clear, there are a lot of businesses that are doing a great job. But in general terms, I think it's, you know, we want to make sure we 
not only say do the safe thing, but we're always cost conscious, which I get. But I think what I always tell companies is you want to at least understand the latest technology that's coming out. I don't, I'm not saying for sure that you have to implement those new technologies, but we should at least understand them. And I think it's just a mindset, really. I don't think it's anything that we're mistakes we're purposely making or we don't believe in technology. I think it's just changing a mindset that tech is not going away. And, and again, you can see it with the Milwaukee Tech Hub, like we are making strides in the right direction. So, and that's the exciting part. Absolutely. So you talk about the innovation side of Southeastern Wisconsin. How optimistic are you, Brad? that Milwaukee will rise to the occasion and be one of those geographic locations, maybe one of those entrepreneurial destinations like some of the other cities across this country. Do you think we have it in us to rise to that level? And if so, what makes you so optimistic? Yeah, I do. I 100% I do. Over the last two years, I think you you can see uh, some of the things that are starting to happen, a focus on data, a lot of chatter around artificial intelligence and machine learning, a lot of meetups that are tech-focused. We're paying attention to retaining tech talent in the area. There's just a lot of chatter around it. So I think if we can, I think the last piece of the puzzle is for companies to, to become more interested in innovating that maybe aren't, because what that's going to do is provide job opportunities, career opportunities for our young folks that are coming, graduating college or, or high school and want to get into a, a career in tech. So I think that's the last piece. And once we start doing that and they don't feel like they have to go to the coast or they don't, you know, have to work at, you know, name your, your tech company, you know, in New York or, or California or wherever it might be. Uh, That to me is, that's when we're really going to get there and also start to build talent here so that we're not uh, reliant so much at times on technology resources outside of our region, outside of the country. I share your enthusiasm about how exciting that would be. Speaking of exciting, you know better than anybody, the life of an entrepreneur certainly is exciting. I'm curious, Brad, to know a little bit more about you personally, and, and where did this entrepreneurship streak come from? Were you always this way growing up, even as a child, or did you kind of realize later in life that you looked at life just a little bit different than everybody else? Yeah, I definitely was not an entrepreneur for the majority of my my life. I spent all of my time virtually, again, up until 2018, working for someone else, working for a company. And so really what it, what it came down to is I got to the point where I wanted to show my kids that you didn't necessarily have to choose that path or take that path. You just had to want to put in the time and energy and it's risky and it can be stressed, but I think it's better stress than being in a situation where you're not happy about uh, maybe what you're doing or you have questions around your career so to me, it's really about a story that I'm trying to tell here to my kids and look back on the fact that, you know, I was 51, which I would have been 21 when I started the company, but it's never too late, you know, and there's a lot of good that you can do from, it's amazing, even with the pandemic that's happened, how much 
more joy I think you get from knowing that what you're doing, you're building is for you, your family, your, your team members. Yeah, what a great word that is, joy, especially as you alluded to with the COVID-19 pandemic. I think joy, to some degree, is in short supply. As Wisconsin opens up and the nation opens up, I think, to some degree, optimism starts to return. But what is business going to look like? What is the economy going to look like? I read something somewhere several weeks ago where an economist said in a good scenario, 30% of small businesses in this country are going to close as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic. And, and you had talked about learning as you went and maybe becoming an entrepreneur a little bit later in life. And I commend you for that, Brad. I mean, better late than never for sure. And you are certainly making up the lost time. We have a number of business owners and entrepreneurs that listen to this podcast. So if you were speaking to the entrepreneurs in the audience for a moment, what would you tell them was the most valuable lesson you learned when you got into business for yourself? Um, yeah, there's a lot of them. I mean, there's a simple one that's going to sound kind of comedic, but it's keep your head on straight and stay organized. That's the, you know, never get too high or too low. But I think because you're the leader of the company and people, your company, your team members are going to be a reflection of you. So I think, you know, you got to show up every day and be inspiring which we're human beings. So that's a challenge in general. But I think that to me is you have to be the rock for your company. If you're not a, just an individual running a, a business on your own, you don't have any employees. It's probably a little different answer. But for me, building a team, it's all about, it's not necessarily about the work. It's about the team and showing up and, and inspiring them and, and knowing that through tough times, you know, like I said before, tough times don't last, tough people do. So that'd be my advice. Yeah, that's good advice. And if you don't mind, I want to dig a little bit deeper with what you said about staying organized. And I don't know if you would agree with this, but I find that there are, even though they're successful individuals, a number of C-suite executives, I think, have a difficult time staying organized. They're running fast. They've got a lot of tasks on their plate. They've got a lot of thoughts in their mind trying to bring those things to fruition. So what would you say would be some of your top tips for individuals to stay organized? Well, I would read the book. It would be a book that I would have folks read and it's called Essentialism. And basically in a nutshell, we're all challenged by our calendars these days. And so one of the key things I took away from that book is that if you, if it's not an emphatic, absolute yes to what you think your purpose is and what you're trying to do with your company and your life, because in your personal life, it's all intertwined. If it's not an emphatic yes, then it's a no. It is one of the big ones. And because when you do that, you let other folks control your calendar. And it's not that you don't want to talk to people at all, but it's about, you know, what your purpose and your priorities are. Are And so you're going to make conscious decisions to do the things that align with that. And they're, they give you a lot of different tips and tricks on how to go about that in a very thoughtful and kind way, because telling people no isn't something we like to do. I always want to help someone that needs help. And typically I do, but I'm just very careful about uh, what I say yes to so that I can focus on the things that I can really make, make a difference with. That would be my suggestion. And a, and a great notepad. I have a bunch of to-dos. 
I agree with you on the notepad. Man, those ideas just kind of hit you out of left field, out of the blue. And, man, if, if you don't have something to at least write that down and document it, that great idea could be lost forever. So I think that is fantastic advice. L- let's pivot a little bit here, Brad, because I want to learn a little bit more about your organization. you got a lot of exciting stuff going on at Octavian Technology Group. I first have to ask, I love the name Octavian. What, what, can you tell me a little bit, what does Octavian mean and why did you name your group Octavian? Yeah, we had been literally talking for months about what the name was and we had some doozies and we just couldn't come up with anything. And I don't know how I got in the know about Octavian actually is Julius Caesar back in the Roman Empire's, I want to say great nephew. And the, the name Octavian is also synonymous with Augustus. Is, that was like kind of who this, this guy became. And he was part of the triumvirate in the Roman Empire. And he really took them from really struggling and rebuilding the, the Roman Empire. And so it's really a symbol of strength is what we talk about. And one of, you know, one of the things he said as he was dying is, I found you in clay and I'm leaving you in marble to everyone. And now that's, that's not what we're necessarily trying to do. But what we want to do is figure out ways that we can make companies stronger through the use of technology so that things like a pandemic or unexpected things can potentially happen. And we want companies to be ready. Now, it doesn't mean we're, we're not a disaster recovery firm, but there's a lot of things you can do to gain efficiencies and build strength in your firm through leveraging technology and keeping an eye on the new things that come down. So it's all about strength, making our company stronger that we work with. I figured there was a backstory there and you did not disappoint me, Brad. Thank <laughs> you for sharing that. And, and I learned something along the way, which is always an added plus. One of the things that you mentioned about your organization is you had stated that you help businesses tap into the power of transformational data. That sounds outstanding. What do you mean by transformational data and why is that important for businesses to keep front of mind? Yeah, I think if you have the caveat in that question is you have the data available in your in some sort of database, or you might have heard the term data warehouse or data lake. Uh, There are a lot of companies that are trying to move to that, that need to get their data organized. But when you have that, you have the data organized and you have high volumes of data, what we can really do is take a look at historical data and very, in a very simple, I guess, description is use that to make predictions. And this is one area of our business. Uh, so, for example, uh, you want you have years and years of insurance data, and normally the underwriting time might take four to six weeks. Well, we can build certain models so that we can uh, automatically underwrite certain applicants, which saves a ton of time. And we're willing, and we feel pretty good about uh, who we're letting go through and who we're not based on history and the models that we build. And so that really, it's transformative because uh, you can repurpose, it, it saves, you know, hours of employees. You can repurpose them for other areas. There's just a lot of different things you can do. And then on the business development side, similarly, from a very simple marketing, I guess, scenario is, again, if you have the data, 
you can look at your last 10 years of marketing data and who bought or who responded to an email campaign or whatever it might be from a marketing perspective. And you can say, well, we spent 100,000 on marketing last year, but we've done some predictive analytics and we shrunk that list to 30,000 of investment that we need because we know the other 70 most likely aren't going to be interested in what we have. So those are some simple examples of it's, you know, how do we leverage the data that you have? And it's really to make predictions, really smart predictions, save time, save money, increase revenue, what most companies, what they want to do. Yeah. And I appreciate you keeping it simple because when you're talking to a knucklehead like me, especially (laughs) as it pertains to data and technology, simple is greatly appreciated. So I'm grateful for that, Brad. Hey, uh, so when you talk about technology, you talk about data, you talk about a lot of the exciting things that you've got going on at Octavian Technology Group, what is one thing you wished more business owners or C-suite executives knew about data or technology that very few seem to? Uh, That it can help you make much better business decisions, I think is, is is what I would say. If you have a very good handle on your business and, you know, everybody thinks data, what does that mean? You know, data is really a snapshot in time, depending on when you're looking at what is happening with your business. And so being able to look at the history of what you've done in the past, it can really help guide you. And you probably heard the term, you know, a lot, you know, KPIs, key, you know, key performance indicators are what a lot of companies go after that they've basically looked to see, like, these are the four or five that we want to go after. And that really tells the story. You know, you put the work into making sure they're the right KPIs and you start to report on that and you can start to see, uh, you know, is my business going in the right direction or not? Throughout the course of this conversation thus far, we've talked about several things, entrepreneurship, technology, data, being a business owner, all important stuff for sure. But one of the things that I hope I don't embarrass you by this, my friend, but one of the things that I want people to know is what a big heart Brad Zepecki has. And I'd like to talk about that because I think that's something very inspiring that you do that other people should, quite frankly, know about. And I know you're very passionate about Code the Way. So I guess this is a two-part question. Number one, what is Code the Way? And number two, what has motivated you to work with children through Code the Way? Yeah, so Code the Way is a nonprofit that I founded with two other gentlemen last year formally. And basically what we do is take high school kids that are in computer science and give them a summer experience that is like no other that we're aware of anyways. And basically what we do is provide the kids with an opportunity to go through what we call a master class. And that teaches them a lot more about software development. And then they go through a six week project. And the cool part is the project that they do is for another local nonprofit here in Milwaukee or Southeast Wisconsin. And it's an incredible win-win because the high school kids are so far ahead once they go through the program, they're ready, more than ready for college. Some of them realize that coding maybe isn't what they want to do. And so they potentially save dollars that they would have spent in college. They, they learn that maybe it wasn't for them. 
And then from a nonprofit perspective, they get free software. And so a lot of the nonprofits are, it's incredible in the area, how many are running on very bare bones technology. They have a small website, you know, they don't have Office 365 maybe. Uh, And so, you know, we don't really get into the infrastructure and networking, although we're adding that to help nonprofits that don't have that capability right now. But really the goal is work with a nonprofit, understand, and it's mostly around their website or an application that we build for them. And so they get free software. And then I think the second question is why the kids? And I just think, and we're working with actually, I think five or six different high schools. We have our first MPS student participating and we've got kids from all over. We have 22 this summer that we're we're using uh, as part of the program. And so it's great. But I think, you know, for me, it was, that was the appropriate time to give kids the opportunity. They haven't went off to college yet. And again, they're the future. So watching these kids present, you know, we do a showcase in August and they present to their parents, their their teacher from school, the nonprofit uh, team comes in and then we have other folks that were involved, the volunteers. And it's just a, it's to watch the, non, the, the expression on, you know, folks from our nonprofits, you know, reaction to what they get and then watching the kids' parents, you know, just proud of their kids for, you know, giving back. It's just, this is a long list of wins. So we have a great time doing it. Which other nonprofits are you involved in? Which other causes do you support? And what can you tell us about those organizations? Yeah, the, um, our first one through Code the Way was called Life Navigators. And we ended up building a, an application to support their expense and mileage. And they really do some great work helping all different types of people that are having trouble navigating life whether they have, you know, whatever challenges they might have. So they're doing a lot of really good work. We also work with Heroes for Healthcare that uh, they take soldiers that have come off of active duty and they're in the medical field and everything changes so fast while they're deployed and they really don't have the ability to uh, find a job in an easy way because everything's different. And so Heroes for Healthcare pretty much adopts these soldiers until they find work which is great. And then last year, uh, the Convergence Resource Center, we helped uh, and they deal with a a huge problem here in Milwaukee, uh, human trafficking. And so that was really inspiring to help them with their website and get a few things done for them. And then this year, we're helping the gathering that feed the homeless downtown. So there's a lot of good uh, organizations that are uh, out there that that need help. So and uh, we're going to help as many as we can. You should certainly be commended for making this a priority and touching lives in the way that you are. Based on the fact that we have the Community Stars donation program here at the Star Group, we also are very charitably inclined. Our audience also tends to share a similar philosophy with respect to donations and giving back to make the community a better place. Let's say one of our listeners is hearing you say this about Code the Way and they want to help. What are some of the ways that they could do that? Are you looking for volunteers? Are you looking for donations? Are you looking for corporate collaborators in some way? Could you speak to that for a minute? Yeah, for sure. So one of the things that we were just going to embark on is, and what's part of the model is for a, a company within 
the Milwaukee, greater Milwaukee area to host a team of kids. And that would give the kids exposure to their company and the company exposure to the kids. And that's the way they can give back. It were challenged this year because of COVID. And so we're going to be virtual this year, but hopefully uh, next year we'll be back back doing that. So that's one way a company can host the team. Obviously, financial you know support is great. Uh, I think we're okay for this year, but uh, we want to grow. If you have technical folks, software developers at your company that want to give back and want to help mentor the ki- the kids over the summer, from a you know help them with troubleshooting and tech support and things like that, bug fixing bugs, whatever it might be, that's great as well. Or if you have a, a nonprofit that you think might benefit from what we do, we're always uh, looking for the next one to do. And we want to add more. We're, you know, the goal is not to just do one nonprofit a year. We want to want to scale the business to help more because they need it. So that's really it. It's um, tell someone you know about us. You know, we're trying to grow. Well, we'd certainly be happy to do that. And anything we can do to assist the growth of Code the Way as an agency, we would certainly be more than happy to consider doing whatever's in our power to do that. So talking about uh, Brad the person a little bit, I understand that one of your hobbies is playing board games. So I guess I wonder, what is it about board games specifically that's so appealing to you? And which board game, dare I ask, is your favorite? Oh, man. Yeah. Board games to me are mostly about, it's a social activity that I think everyone can enjoy. And I used to play a lot of video games. And I think it's just a great way to get together and socialize over a lot of different type of board games that you may not see at the store. They have termed designer board games, I guess, is what people say. And I don't have a, a game right now, Paul, unfortunately, that I would say, well, I guess I am. I do have one on the table right now. It's called Murano. I played it with my wife last night. It's about Venice, Italy, and building up shops, and it's kind of like an economic game. So that's that's the deal there. Yeah, no, that certainly sounds more my speed. I've got a seven-year-old, a five-year-old, and a two-year-old. So we're doing a lot of shoots and ladders and uh, battleship and trouble. So I'd certainly like to raise the educational stimulation of the board games that I'm playing on this end. And it seems like going to the Zapecki house might be one way to do that. So real quick, I'd like to engage in a little personal lightning round with you if you're uh, open to that. Let's do it. If somebody were to say that Brad Zapecki has a hidden talent, what would it be? Um, I would say it's giving constructive criticism in a way that telling them that they really might want to change some things, but in a way that helps them grow and get better and they don't take offense to what I'm trying to trying to tell them. There's a much more descriptive way to do that. But yeah, I think it's giving feedback, giving good feedback that helps, that gets people on the right track to get getting better. It's a good thing you're a consultant, my friend. I think a lot of people can learn from you in that regard because to some degree that is a skill that can be in rather short supply. Who would you say is your non-family member role model if you had to pick one? Cal, that's a good one. Man, man, probably someone in in sports, someone like, you know, well, you know, Brett Favre is great. Giannis is great. You know, doesn't really translate to technology consulting, but I think sports and leadership 
and business have a lot in common. And I think guys that, that lead by example, I'm watching the Michael Jordan, The Last Dance, and he was an unbelievable leader. So he's someone in sports. Who would you say was the most interesting person you've ever met? Well, I mean, I met Ryan Braun once. That was pretty interesting. <laughs> if I'm thinking someone that's famous, that would probably be my closest uh, rush to fame, I think. Ryan Braun. Sure. And I think that's a good one. Talk about sports and memories. He's yeah. right up there. Lastly, if you had to watch any one movie for the rest of your life, which movie would it be and why? Uh, that's an easy one. And that's going to, you know, my, I'm a little bit of a geek, you know, given my board gaming uh, hobby. But I would watch the uh, Lord of the Rings trilogies and The Hobbit. I could watch those over and over forever. Well, Brad, I got to tell you, I know you are a busy guy, COVID or not, and I really appreciate you blessing us with this time. Thank you so much. We look forward to uh, telling the world not only about Octavian, but also a lot of the great stuff that you're involved with. Awesome. Yeah, I appreciate the. It was very uh, humbling to get the note from you. It was great to do, and if I can help you, you guys out in any way, just let me know. All right. We appreciate that. Thank you, Brad. Thanks for listening to Beyond the Known with Paul M. Newberger. If you like our show and want to know more, check us out at stargroup.com. That's S-T-A-R-R-Group.com slash podcast. We're also available on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts.